What is going on? Welcome to the Land Podcast. This is Jake Hofer, and this week we have a great episode with Pat Porter. If you've been around the podcast here for a while, Pat should be a familiar name. Have really enjoyed talking with Pat here a couple times, and this time we're breaking down 2023. There's a lot of interesting things going on in the world of land and real estate and really everything. And Pat's been around the block. He's been here for a while, and he's sharing some insight, some good advice that people should have in the back of their mind for 2023. And I think it might surprise you or maybe not. It's very straightforward, but things that we all need to hear as sometimes we can get caught up in the headlines and news. So I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. Before we get into this episode, I want to say this. Over here at Exodus, we are very excited for the much-anticipated release of the Exodus Rival. It is a budget-friendly cell camera that is reliable, hardworking, easy to use, but still feature-rich. Over the last year, we've been working behind the scenes building our next generation of cameras, taking your feedback and delivering, in our opinion, the best budget cell camera on the market. The Rival is a cellular trail camera that is 179 and of course backed by the Exodus Advantage five-year no BS warranty. The Rival is built with the same durability you're used to when it comes to Exodus products. It's built with a simplistic mindset focused around reliability, fast cellular capabilities, easy settings and setup features while delivering great photos and videos. While developing the Exodus Rival, we wanted to design a simple yet a very effective cell camera that flat out works at a price point that hunters could afford a volume. Here are a few specs you should know, a 0.3 second trigger speed, 70 foot detection distance with adjustable sensitivity, 30 second photo transmission, adjustable image quality on uploaded photos, adjustable fo upload intervals, live on demand over the air management. It is of course compatible with the Exodus SP18 solar panel and future external power source products. And once again, backed by the five-year no BS warranty, the Exodus Rival is officially opening for pre-sale today. If you're listening to this on Monday, Monday, January 16th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, we're only pre-selling the first 300 Rivals at $30 off or 17% off if you're buying a Rival bundle. Just use the code Rival at checkout to lock in your savings. After the first 300 cameras, the Rival will be priced at $179. Shipping for the Rival will begin on February 6th. There's a lot to know about this particular product, and we'll be going live to officially announce the Rival on YouTube and Facebook January 16th at 7 p.m. Eastern. So mark your calendars, join us to learn all the details, have your questions answered, and earn a chance to win one of the very first Exodus Rival cameras. If you want to show support for this podcast, show support for the Exodus podcast, everything that we do, all the content that we put out, uh, scooping up one of these rival cameras would be a great help and would certainly appreciate it. I've had the chance to test them basically all fall and they have been really reliable. I've been very happy with them and that is uh, why we're so excited to bring them to market. And before we get into this episode, as you guys know, the goal of this podcast is to help 100 people buy their first piece of land. There's three ways to be included on that list. Number one, if you're in the state of Illinois and you're in my area, I'm happy to assist you in purchasing your first parcel. If you caught some of the last podcast, uh, having a buyer's agent isn't going to cost you anything. So it's great to have representation. Um, someone that has a fiduciary interest in your success is always great, especially when it comes at no cost. Number two, if you wanna get connected with someone that I would personally do business with, I'm happy to do so. If you're looking in a part of the country where I really don't know too many folks, that's fine, I'll tell you. But if you're in an area that I would personally call that person up to do business with, I'm happy to get you introduced with them. And number three, if you simply learn something from this podcast that helps you take action to move forward, buying a parcel, whether it's confidence, a different idea that you wouldn't have thought of, or anything else, 
let me know. I want to add you to the spreadsheet. And we have one other announcement. I'm getting ready to publish a website for the podcast. There's going to be a lot of really cool things that are implemented in that. And it'll be a work in progress here, but I will have the details for that. And it'll be very easy to go ahead and send a form to have a request to get connected with an agent I'll do business with. Or number two, if you want to be a guest on here, or if you just have a cool success story, you can do all that right there on the website. So I'm going to have that hopefully by next week's episode. So enough of the intro. This is probably the longest intro we've ever had. I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's a great conversation with Pat Porter about 2023. Here we go. Pat, welcome back to the Land Podcast. How's it going? Hey, man. Good. Glad to be here, Jake. Thanks for having me. Yeah, always. It's always a pleasure uh, to talk, have uh, a lot of respect for what you do and all the content you put out, the the books you've produced and put together. Uh, you, this is uh, the third time of year you've been on the Land Podcast, and it's always good to talk and we got a lot of things here to cover today. How's it going? Well, it's going all right. Uh, we, we finally got some beautiful weather down here this week. We've had some nasty stuff. Uh, not probably not as severe as you guys have, but it's bad for us. But it's nice sure. now. Yeah, it's all about. Uh, it's what you can relate to because uh, what's bad for you is different. What's bad for us up here in Illinois? But uh, that's good. Well, it, for folks who haven't caught the other podcasts that we've done together, uh, take a ch- chance to just introduce a little bit about who you are and. Uh, your experience? Uh, well, I, I'm the broker for Reckland Realty. Um, we're, a, we're a land broker. Uh, we're primary pl- uh, locations here in Louisiana, but we're in uh, uh, seven states. Um, the biggest bulk of our business is here in Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, uh, and then in East Texas. But uh, we're in the Midwest as well, uh, Missouri, Iowa, and Georgia as well. Jake, I don't know if you knew that, but we're wow. licensed in Georgia. I just don't have any boots on the ground in Georgia. Yes, we don't have any action there. So. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's an interesting time to be a broker, I'm sure, and running your own business. How long have you been uh, running uh, Recland? Uh, Recland turned the switches on uh, February 22nd, 2010. 2010. Uh, Recland turned on. I, I was in the land business prior to that, but that, that mm-hmm. was uh, Recland's birthday. Gotcha. Well, so it's coming up your uh, next anniversary is coming up here real soon, right? Uh. February, you said? I guess so. Yeah, next month. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. And uh, like I said, we've, I encourage anyone to go back and catch some of the previous episodes. There's a lot of really good in depth information for if you're just getting started or if you're looking for your next farm. Good information there. But we're going to be talking about a variety of things here today. And I think what's probably on top of mind for a lot of people is uh, 2023. Everyone, uh, you know, rips the calendar. It's a new year and uh, they think the light switches, like is everything changes. But we're gonna we're gonna allude to that of what 2023 kind of looks like um, across the board. But I have some interesting facts to share with you, and I'll, I'll be curious to get your opinions on it. So, uh, in 2022, Iowa State University did a land survey, and they found the average price of of a piece of ground in Iowa was eleven thousand four hundred eleven dollars per acre, which is up seventeen percent from twelve months prior. And the uh, the opinion survey gets responses from licensed brokers and everything else. So they have some pretty interesting data. Would you say that that amount of increase was reflective to where you're at uh, in the part of the country you are? Uh, you know, I, I don't, of course, I don't have a state in front of me and I don't have metrics that detail to account for that. My, my gut is no, it's mm-hmm. not up quite that, it's not up that much. But, there may be pieces of the real estate Area. industry that are definitely up that much, but the majority of the stuff that we do, I, I, 17% is strong. I'm not sure we're there. Yeah. And a lot of that was, I think, probably driven from tillable ground as well, uh, really highly productive soil. And 
uh, wind farms and everything else. But regardless, that's a when the stock market went down, or the S and P five hundred went down nineteen percent last year, and land went up seventeen percent. That's a pretty big delta uh, for anyone that held land or. Um, or unfortunately, if you were on the sidelines saving up for your money, that the goalpost has moved a little bit, unfortunately. You know, I think that fits into, uh, again, just my, uh, it's anecdotal, just my view of economics over the last decade or so. And I, five, six years ago, anyway, I, I remember a big, it seemed like equities took a big plunge and, and hard assets, you know, metals and, and land, a simple way of me saying that. Uh, we we had a pretty good year, and it, uh, m- most of the bigger customers were people that were just moving cash, and so mm-hmm. they weren't going to they get out of equities and put it in land. So it could be that, that very same thing happening again because smart money that you know these guys didn't these folks didn't get their money by being dumb or careless, and mm-hmm. you know they could see the interest rates rising, and they may have just gotten a little ahead of the curve in the switch. Yeah, and uh, inflation is rampant, and I'm the far I'm the furthest thing from an economist, but I hear other smart people say that uh, land's a good hedge against inflation, and that's what we've been seeing. Exactly. So this is uh, according to this same article. Uh, this ramp up is something that they haven't we haven't seen since 1980s. Uh, so what I found interesting is obviously what's what's synonymous with the 1980s 1980s farm crisis. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, correlation cause causation i don't know i'm not smart enough to tell you but i found that pretty interesting and you know, i had a conversation oh, go ahead. no go ahead go ahead well, i was gonna say i had a, a had a, a, a long conversation yesterday with a a, a land investor a different part of the country uh, very well connected uh, got his finger on the pulse and we were talking about that very same thing about uh, actual tillable ground farmland <clears throat> you know the, the cycle through the 70s and 80s and he was wondering hey we're we gonna have that same dip uh, and I go, you know, I personally don't think so, at least not as severe. I think the dips are going to be, there may be dips, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think they'll be as severe in farmland, in tillable ground. But that's my opinion. But it could be just, optim- you know, my optimism being sure. in business. But, I, you know, world population, the world, everybody's got to eat. I just think those those dips are going to be less severe. And I think the trajectory is probably you know, like this, we may get there, you know, with small dips. I hope we don't have that kind of dip like we had back in the 80s. Sure. And something I learned this year was actually CRP was introduced in the 80s as well to help combat some of those issues. So there's infrastructure now to obviously support the bottom. And the other thing too, this is just my opinion, that there's a lot of money out there to support the bottom, whatever that is, meaning there'll be buyers, even if they're, if things do pull back, I would assume whether, whether we want to say it or not, like institutional buyers could buy more farm ground. And I know everyone has an opinion on, on that, but maybe that wasn't in place in the eighties. I wasn't there. So. Yeah. That we very same point came up yesterday in the same, same conversation. And, and I don't know that either. Uh, mm-hmm. I have other reasons to, to support the, that I don't think the dip will be as severe, but mm-hmm. again, I don't know if we knew, you know, we, <laughs> <laughs> we could bottle that up and sell it. If I, if we had that kind of information. Absolutely. Yeah. And so uh, this same article said the 17 growth, 17% growth to more than $11,000 per acre is the nominal land value. Zhang said, even when adjusting the survey results to account for inflation, they surpass the previous peak set in 2013, which means that both the nominal and inflation adjusted value have hit record highs since they started tracking this in the 1940s. I found that to be pretty interesting. Wow. Yeah. And uh, here's a, a couple more just points from this. It said the Federal Reserve has been raising interest rates to curb inflation, and it is expected to raise interest rates again 
he said hits to the land market won't be felt until later in 2023 or 2024. It takes almost a decade for the land market to fully absorb the stocks. This is what uh, this gentleman said, who's obviously uh, they're quoting him for a reason. Yeah, yeah. They've got data, you know, looking back on historical information that you and I aren't necessarily looking at right now. Either. Yes. Yep. But I think it's it's thought provoking nonetheless. And, I, and ultimately, I'll, I'll put your feet to the fire here a little bit. I mean, in terms of what you think the land market may do in 2023, do you think it's a slight collection, correction, a large correction? Is it stable or does it continue to increase a bit? And this is so pocketed across the yeah. country. So it's hard to, you know, speculate, you know, from, I can only look at it sort of in my, my universe, my world. And, uh, I think, I think it will correct. I think there will be a, a, a dragging down just a little bit, or at least uh, some resistance some slowing down. But, but again, to your to point you just made, uh, I think it will be slow. Um, I think that we'll, we'll see just a sort of frictional resistance and slow down. And then where it goes from there, I, I don't know. I'm, Hoping it stays, you know, strong, but I can't predict that. Uh, we haven't seen any slowdown yet, but again, this is so. I mean, we're we're in the first month of 2023. Who, mm -hmm. who really? Knows? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just interesting across the board. And I, I would say most of the people listening to this are not institutional buyers. Uh, if I had to guess who my audience is, so. I guess if someone's out there, they have uh, fanatically been saving to try to get in a position to buy a piece of ground. What would you tell that person? Because I feel maybe there's fear out there. Maybe there's still a lot of optimism. But if I called you up, I said, Pat, I've been saving money. I can, I'm wanting to buy my first 40. This farm sure does seem like it would be something I would really like. And I have the, you know, the moat of financial backing to protect myself if things do pull back. What would you tell me or that person? Are you buying with cash or using a lender? I, will, question I, I would say, uh, you know, I talked to a few banks and I am planning to to get a lender. I have 25% saved up in, I don't know, six months of uh, six month emergency fund. Uh, you know, the same thing. Again, I'm not an economist either. I'm just a humble little businessman and, and I'm not even a good one at that. Just do the best <laughs> I can. But I, the advice I've given people for over a decade is you just have to make sure that your purchase isn't something that you can't get out of if the world caves in or if life changes drastically for you. Just meaning the, the note, uh, mm -hmm. if you can easily manage that uh, in your in your current lifestyle and you've got that much equity in, I mean, that much money you're putting in it, you, you're probably going to be fine because I just don't see the values of the, of the real estate just dropping completely mm -hmm. out where you're going to lose everything. Mm -hmm. It just has to be bought right so that you can get out of it if you need to. And that doesn't mean you make a fortune if you get out. It just means you can get out without it hurting you. Mm -hmm. And and if you can manage the the, the note, uh, I, I always encourage people, you know, to, to go that route. Again, I'm, you know, I'm kind of conservative in my view. And I've got partners who are, who are better at it than I am when, when we get involved in land purchases, especially bigger ones. We always have to look, hey, can we carry this thing? If things get bad and if we can, then we pull the trigger. If we can't, we look at it a little closer. Sure. Yeah. That, that's great advice. And I think that should be on the forefront of everyone's. I, I think people sometimes get really excited as they should, because it is exciting and you have been working really hard for a long time, but uh, to your point, maybe don't overlook, don't get too excited, I guess is the easiest way to say it. Would you agree? Yeah, exactly. And again, I always encourage tell people, you know, that when they're buying a, you know, a track farm to hunt, you know, it's, it's kind of a luxury purchase. So can you manage that in your lifestyle without, you know, without every month being a headache or every quarter being a new challenge? Because if things 
get tougher, it becomes even harder. So mm-hmm. you just got to be able to manage it comfortably. And if you can, great, go for it. And especially if you bought it well, that doesn't mean you stole it, but you just bought it well. You haven't overpaid. And so you can get out of a deal if you have to without it necessarily, you know, ruining your life. You may yeah. lose a little money. Everybody can, you know, anybody in that position can afford a little bit of a hit, a little bit of a loss. But, uh, you know, if it's a big, big hard hit, you know, those are tough to overcome for your average average guy out there. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, another phrase or thought that always comes to mind is like heal time heals all bad deals, quote unquote, bad deals. So if you were able to hold on and, you know, things go back to maybe even 2019 or 2018 type type of uh, just to, to, like the the feeling of the market, meaning it's just a little bit more quote unquote normal. Cause it has been uh, really interesting to, to watch really the last two years. And I bet you the first time we talked, we probably had a very similar conversation in terms of what we just discussed, like the strategies and principles don't change in your, and from one, the times I've talked to you anyhow. Exactly. That's a good point. You have a, I, if you'd asked me this two years ago and think, you know, when things were on fire and crazy, stupid, I just said the same thing. You still got to be able to manage you know, carry that load comfortably without it wrecking your life if things go bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that's that's really interesting. And the other thing too that I've found, and obviously, I, bad news travels fast in terms of like all these folks at media companies. Let's say, like if I titled this, "Don't buy land in 2023," it, it'll be a bad choice. It'd probably get more views and downloads than if I said. Things are probably going to be okay. Just be smart. Like so, what what I'm saying is, I think maybe some of this stuff is a little sensationalized on the high, like on the good news and the bad news. So that's I find interesting because I see on the residential side of things, just reading, you know, trying to stay informed. They're saying it's doomsday and all these things have pulled back. And I I don't know. I'm not I'm not in the I'm not in Las Vegas. I'm not in Miami to where maybe things are a little bit different there. So what's I mean what what do you would you, I mean, when you, how do you consume your information when it comes to land or how do you stay informed when you're trying to figure out, hey, what is going out on out in the streets? Uh, we watch the interest rates, of course, um, you know, because we use lenders in our, our personal investment deals. Um, and, you know, I have clients always talking to me about, you know, deals, how to go about it. And so we keep our own interest rates some. Um, also, too, I just answer questions anecdotally, meaning just from what I see from my chair. And and I'm not just selling houses in one little town. I, don't, I mean, I don't do houses at all. But my illustration is I'm just not looking at one little town here. I'm looking at action going on in a region. Mm-hmm. And from where I sit, you know, I tell people what I see. And, you know, I have to be optimistic because things are still happening. Things are moving right along pretty rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the interest rates have me cautious more than they did two years ago, for sure. Uh, as far as there being a source out there of information, no, there's not a you know go-to source I go to just for this. Uh, I have partners, and we just sit around and talk like this and, and kind of get a gut based on what's going on, what we're seeing, what our other partners are seeing, and just make the best business decision you can based on what you can see. Um, not reading too much into the hype and not reading too much into the doom. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a very logical way to do that. And I think something that's just interesting to me is the, and this was a headline I read recently in terms of residential inventory increasing drastically. I personally haven't seen recreational land or land in general, that inventory increasing drastically, which I think 
has created it to be more stable. That's a good point. I, I answered a question the other day. Um, my partner, he's my, uh, my partner in Reckland, and and you know things have just not have not changed that much. Of course, again, it's always slower with us than it is the residential market in Phoenix, Arizona, or Scottsdale, or my you know those big pockets of unique bubbles or um, bubbles might not be the word, but those unique pockets where things escalate and decline very rapidly. We don't see that here anyway, and we certainly don't see it in our, our industry. Mm-hmm. So I have to watch guys like you and other land guys and talk to my buddies in different states. And, you know, they're not as much into the hype because they're looking at what they see around them. And it's sort of the same thing. It's just kind of steady, plodding along, no big drastic spikes or, or bubbles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, <clears throat> there is a handful. I mean, I, I look, I look almost every day. I look every day for just new listings and everything else. And a lot of them are still selling pretty darn quick, which is to me, this shows that there's still a lot of buyer demand and uh, it's just the inventory and demand hasn't quite met on whatever chart that is out there. So, I mean, that's interesting. The thing that in our business that um, I I do feel like there will be a a little bit of a tightening is the, the folks out there that are buying 20, 30, 40, 60 acres, you know, rural home site kind of tracks, just small tracks. It may be their first purchase or just regular folks buying a piece of property, maybe for the first time with interest rates, you know, being a lot stronger than they were a year and a half, two years ago. I sense that that's going to tighten up mm-hmm. some because that's a luxury purchase for an average guy. And suddenly interest rates have gone from four to seven or whatever, or, you know, double basically somewhere in there. I sense that that's going to tighten up. Yeah, I just had lunch with the lender here a couple of weeks ago, and he was he had an example of a, a client that was pre-approved for a house for two hundred thousand. Okay, this is what you're pre-qualified for. This is your this is what your payment's going to be. That same person came back now and said, "Hey, I found another two hundred thousand dollar house. Uh, where do I sit?" Well, it was the payment's eight hundred dollars more, and yeah. so that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. That changes that debt to income ratio a lot for many, many, many folks. So I think that's to your point for someone that's trying to figure out, well, I can afford $900 a month for a land a land payment or $1,000 a month. Well, now you can buy a lot less and I just haven't seen the prices retract. So I think that's just what I've seen. And But then, I don't know, it's interesting. Yeah, well, we're not economists, but we can do math. And your, your average guy out there, we're just, I'm an average guy and I look at those numbers and I would feel that same pinch. So I, I get that. Mm-hmm. But I guess the the silver lining in that is is stay course, keep uh, keep looking, and having that I guess financial moat. And if you find something you really like, then would you be scared to buy it? I mean, based off your consensus, the answer is no. No, absolutely not. And I, you know, me, I, I am partners. We put our money where my mouth is right now. I, you know, we I bought two properties in the last month. Um, and, you know, and I had we loaded up and gotten several properties a couple of months before that and have some other deals currently under contract. And these are just personal private deals have nothing to do with my brokerage. These are just deals that I'm finding, you know, tracks out there. And and we're still as aggressive aggressive as we have been. We are just doing the math with a real sharp pencil because, you know, the interest rates have made a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, uh, <clears throat> if you had to anticipate, do you think interest rates continue to stay kind of where they're at for this next year? Or do you think they're going to go up another point or two? If you just had a guess. Gun my, yeah, gun to my head, just guessing. I bet they go up before they go down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it feels like inflation still isn't under control. 
And yeah. uh, that's what they're trying to curb. So <laughs> if it's, if it hasn't been, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, there's people way smarter than me who have uh, more important jobs than me. And so they'll figure that out, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But, you know, those same important people, they've got their information. My wife came home yesterday talking, raging about the price of eggs so, <laughs> uh-huh. for our home. Yeah. And so that's, a, that's, that's inflationary. And, and that's down at the micro level because, but that's for all of our, most of our customers live, live at the price of eggs, price of milk, you know level and interest rates inflation are affecting those people pretty heavily or us and so it's it's, i I just sense it's going to have a small it's going to have a tightening in some degree don't know how much Mm -hmm. but i'm sure it is Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's certainly fair and i would say uh in addition to that too is just uh, yeah i think people probably are feeling the pinch and uh whether it was that at the pay, at the pump when they're buying gas and all these different things, it's pretty easy for uh, to, to for anyone to lose a little bit of purchasing power or just uh, just general cash in general, just because it's all gone. The other the other other interesting thing too, as I saw um, from something else, that the amount of consumer debt in this country right now is like the amount of consumer debt versus their savings is one of the worst it's been uh, in a very long time or forever. I don't have that particular quote in front of me, but that's to to your point well yeah maybe things are would slow down for that but if you're in a position well then there's going to hopefully be less competition as well if you're looking to buy something yeah there's always there, there are buyers at every price or buyers at every uh, mm-hmm. every point of the cycle they're always buyers so, mm-hmm. you know uh, we, we don't necessarily have to get into it you mentioned a minute ago that there will be you said institutional there are a lot of words you know synonyms for that and whether it be you know residential stuff commercial, farmland, they're, they're going to be buyers and not all of it will be positive opinion, but, um, you know, anyway, I'm repeating myself. No, I, I agree. And one thing, uh, this is what I learned with um, Exodus, you know, being a product company, when COVID happened and everything else, you realize how fragile the global supply chain is. You realize how fragile everything is. I mean, you go to your favorite restaurant that used to be awesome and then they don't have any staff and now it's not as awesome. <laughs> I mean, like a lot of this is, it's so, uh, it's so trivial at some points, but the more you look, the maybe more parallels you can draw on all different things uh, across the board. But I feel we're, we're probably talking out of our ears a little bit right now, but I mean, overall, I guess if there's any other closing, closing thoughts for, for 2023 that you'd want to share, or maybe someone looking into 2024, even which is, you know, 12 months out now. Uh no, because like you, you made a great point. You know, the principles are the same. Um, you know, prudence is the same, whether things are good or bad. Still being prudent and wise and making the best decision you can with your money and just doing some math and some little bit of uh, anticipation of things going bad. And if things do go bad, how can you can you get out of a deal without that deal being an albatross around your neck? So, mm-hmm. you know, same points. Different time in the cycle, but it's the same same principles apply. You made a good point about that. Sure. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I'd say uh, th- that's really good information for someone that's creating a game plan for this year. And uh, in essence, follow the key principles that we talk about on here all the time and what you share. And uh, so I would say if anyone wants to follow what you have going on and maybe uh, follow your YouTube channel, I know you post a lot of videos and talk about a different topics. Anything else here? And then we're going to roll into to the next thing here. No, no, man. I, like I say, I, I'm just a prognosticator like you are. Just a, My world is this big. So I'm just guessing a lot most of the time. 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I, I appreciate your time here, Pat, and uh, I'll link to everything you have going on and certainly appreciate your time and insight. Sure. Thank you, man. There you guys have it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Pat is always a great guest and we're going to be having him on here again soon. Next week, we have Al from New York, first time land buyer, and that's going to be a great episode. You get to hear how he was able to move around and end up uh, scooping up a really nice parcel where he currently lives. And as always, appreciate it. If you enjoyed the episode, share it with a friend. It really helps us out. Be sure to check out the live stream. If you're listening to this today, January 16th at 7 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be viewing the rival on YouTube and Facebook live. We're gonna have some special savings for you guys. Be sure to take advantage of that. If that's something you're interested in, that is it. Hope you guys have a fantastic week. Until next time, see you.